No matter how well the first date goes, I never get my hopes up. It all goes downhill after she sees my micro penis. What the hell is going on here? Nothing, baby penis. <laughs> Uh, yes, I did say small penis many times because that is, in fact, something that turns men on that have a small penis. A cowboy hat means I'm ashamed of my small penis. Why is it so small? Hi, it's so freaking small. Bitch, get out. Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Durgan. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Much like Jesse Smollett, Matt spent the better part of his last month explaining why he wrote a check to two muscle-bound, topless Nigerian brothers for $3,500. A clue would be the notation of the memo line that reads, Oreo cookie sandwich. I thought everyone did that. <laughs> You've never written a check to two Nigerian bodybuilders no. to um, for physical pretend to beat you up? <laughs> physical training. I want to talk about Smollett later, but uh, I don't know if you saw the latest update today is that his attorney, in trying to explain this farce, as if it was a real thing, explained that perhaps the Nigerian brothers put on whiteface to pretend to be white. Uh huh. <laughs> that was why they're, they're still trying to explain why why Jesse <laughs> it's called the cops that it was white two white guys. Now knowing for sure that it was the Nigerian guys and how he could possibly have thought Nigerian guys were white guys, and so their explanation is that they probably donned whiteface. Mm, so, okay. Which, by the way, I don't think yeah. has ever been done before, except like in a Wayne's Brothers movie. <laughs> <laughs> where, where the where the, the black guy is trying to pretend to be white and fit into like the white high school so they can do the, the stupid black guy playing white guy uh, comedy. It would look really strange. It wouldn't. It wouldn't really look like an Irish guy. It would. It would look like um, some kind of tribal ceremony or something. Yeah, it would look like like these guys are really dark skinned too. They're not like light skinned black. They're yeah. really dark skinned. So to actually. Uh, Appear to be white. They'd have to like white. Yeah. I like mean, if they people. went to like industrial light and magic, and you know, got fitted for some some serious, you know, award winning makeup and prosthetics, then yeah. But like, obviously, this is just getting more and more like ridiculous. Eddie, Eddie Murphy when he pretended uh, that old SNL little movie would have to be white. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> he walked into the bank like, oh hello, and like oh please stop. Here's your money for your loan, <laughs> Mr. White. He Man. was always pretending to, like he was the old Jewish guy in yes. coming to America yes. and. I mean, I was pretty young when that came out, but I had no idea. And then, you know, someone tells you, like, that's Eddie Murphy. And you're like, no way. How is that possible? Uh, well, millions of dollars of prosthetics and makeup and so forth that I'm assuming the Nigerian brothers didn't have. No, <laughs> no. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by Stormy Daniels. No matter how many ways you can imagine a woman, a woman being fucked, you're not even scratching the surface with Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels, she's got holes you've never even heard of. Uh, she's started doing the comedy, right? Well, she started doing comedy, but she's also doing when you click on a porn video and the annoying advertisement comes up before the porn video. I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, hey, you guys know me. I've been in the news. And you're just like, oh, God. Like, wow. Like, please get off the, you know, and you can click it after like four seconds or something. So it's like her, Fair Abraham, or someone it's like her that. With, yeah. Yeah. It's that type of thing. And her, and her tits are enormous, but strange looking and it's not it's not good she's very odd i'm just assuming at this point that uh we're gonna talk about avenatti also later but i'm assuming at this point she has about three dollars to her name and she has no prospects whatsoever and she's gonna be found in a trailer dumpster somewhere <laughs> like in four or five years yeah yeah she's not that she doesn't deserve that but i mean it's like how fast someone has fallen from like a year ago when she seemed like she had revived herself into this worthwhile sort of person with with career prospects and i think she even out of the gate got a few like 
fifty thousand dollar gigs for at the, the major strip clubs. Yeah, it's just it's all it's all gone now. She got a huge ovation when she did Bill Maher a few months ago. And yeah, why? 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 I don't even understand. I don't know. She doesn't, and she's like her comment on Twitter. You know, she said it a hundred times that Trump's dick looks like a mushroom. Yeah, it was funny the first time. Well, anyone who's circumcised, Trump obviously being pretty waspy, guessing that he's circumcised. Um, anyone's dick looks like a mushroom. Every dick looks somewhat like a mushroom. Like, it's not really that funny. I will concede that to point to you, Matt, as an expert in dick. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, th- I think she was mocking his size, I think. I think she was suggesting that he was, like, mushroom-sized. Right. Like, he was, his length was indicates something in the shape of an actual mushroom as opposed to a, I don't know, a, what other vegetable, long-form long vegetable you might think of. The left... I wouldn't even say the left with her, but people that the left is anti body shaming unless you're like a right wing person. That's like their go to thing is they'll start body shaming. It's yeah, it's weird. They stop the, the, the hair jokes and the fat jokes stuff like that. I, I just think she is like she was completely played, of course, and which is fair enough because she's just a whore. But uh, it really is like a year ago she was on top of the world for what she was, and now I'm just guessing she's looking for recycling cans at the back of the rouse. That would make me happy. I'm, I'm sick of her, and I hope I never well, what do you, see her What's again. the one thing we absolutely know about her, for sure? That she had sex with Trump for money. That's like the only thing we actually know about her for real? She had sex with Trump in an effort to be on The Celebrity Apprentice. Yes, I think, and to and yeah, to make some, money, some and, money, and it's just so like that's just disgusting. Uh, sorry, I mean Trump's already disgusting, but at least he became president, I guess. Uh, do not forget to become patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash Last Man Earth. Thanks to all of your patrons. Get on this shit now before it disappears. If you wish to contact the show, here's some on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. <laughs> Matt, I want to talk about Justice Smollett because I have been wrong, I think now officially seven times as to what's happening in the case. Yeah, this latest thing just really threw me for a loop, too. I don't think anybody... Exp- I, I, th- I have to believe that Rahm Emanuel is faking his outrage because I just I don't honestly believe that Rahm Emanuel is not so well-connected that he wouldn't know what was going on. The police chief, maybe. But, but, I, the but Rahm- then why is he... He must know whoever is pulling these strings. That's what I'm saying. So why is he... She was saying he was in on it, and now he's acting like he wasn't? Or he he voted against, but I think they all had a meeting, and he voted against doing this, but they decided to go forward with it anyhow. He, it's not like he, he has like got to be one of the most connected guys in Chicago and the Democrat circles there and everything else. I mean, he's friends with everybody. Yeah. There's no way they, they, he wasn't informed about this or knew about this coming down the line. He must have. The police chief probably they kept out of the loop because he's actually a cop, and they didn't want him bitching. But uh, I so originally when this thing came out, we all knew it was fake. Like within I don't know an hour, uh, I just thought that I thought actually Rob Emanuel would tell everyone just to shut the fuck up and make it go away, because I didn't think they wanted to go through with the prosec- arrest and prosecution of Jesse Smollett on a fake hate crime. Because it just made everybody look the city look bad. Smollett, all his powerful friends, everybody looked bad. The cops would have to investigate, but they, God bless them, they went through a fucking major investigation. Found every every single bit of evidence against him, proved that he was a liar, and indicted him on sixteen counts, which seemed a little a little heavy on the, on the indictment counts. Yeah, I mean, sixteen felonies seemed a little a little heavy for something that I thought should have resulted in like heavy community service, perhaps, and a big fine. Well, you know how cops operate. For example, if you were to flip off a cop, they would probably <coughs> beat you to death. They're not supposed to do that. 
but you know they are a touchy bunch and they uh, retaliate yeah. pretty aggressively. Well, I think the, I think once once you I think once you had the black poli- police commander being that outraged at Smollett, it gave license to everyone to say like, okay, there's no politics on this one. Yeah, this is just like you said, a fucker who fucked with us, and now we're gonna fuck him back. Like we don't have to worry about race or the fact he's gay or anything like that. The police chief has given us license to like go after this minority essentially and just ream the crap out of him for what he did to us. Right. And they did, but it wasn't the cops who it wasn't the cops who labeled the who gave him the sixteen indictments. That was a grand jury, albeit it's easy to get indictments from a grand jury. Yeah. But that's the same system of the people that eventually let him go. Um, but I thought he would admit to guilt eventually. Get off with like cleaning some toilets in public parks in Chicago, which could have worked out well for him in other ways, and uh, <laughs> and a large fine. Which I don't. I'm not big on jail. I think prison is a waste of time for people like Smollett. Um, I mean, he's not he's not violent in of, of himself, other th- other than punching himself in the face, <laughs> you know. And so having to pay pay his bills for two years or a year while he sits in prison and becomes a martyr just seemed like a bad idea. Yeah, I think. I would have been really happy with the with a guilty plea. Yes, just so, just get that on the books. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if he really needs to go to prison or anything. But yeah, like it was clean the fucking side of the freeway, like all those. Dudes well, you know where this. he did his community service, right? the ra- Rainbow Push, Jesse Jackson's yes. place. And so, like, I don't get how that whole process happened. I guess he was doing the community service the whole time. Well, I two, bet you he wasn't. Days. It was two days. It was two days. Let's not get carried away. Oh, he had two days of community service, and he did it before. He's the only first guy in history to ever do community service in advance of being asked to do community service. Like, hey guys, I did my. You know, sometimes what the the act, like when actors get arrested, they'll do the rehab thing, mm-hmm. and they'll like get a delay from the from the judge to do rehab. So they, when they come back to court, they can tell like the prosecutor and everybody else, look, he's already attended rehab. Right. Uh, but I've never heard of anyone doing advanced pre pre community service. Well, how would you know how much to do? No, that's the thing. Or, <laughs> or where it was approved to do, or, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't think you get to decide. It's not like community, uh, even like Lindsay Lohan, when she got arrested, had to do the coroner's office. But now he's saying he's, he's claiming he was innocent the whole time. He's still claiming he's innocent. But he still did the community service. So I think the, yes. it, none of it makes sense. It's, it's the most nonsensical, it's like the most 2019 story ever because that none of it makes any sense. Everyone's lying. Um, well, I think he had. So I think he uh, he obviously had pull. The, the fact that the Kim Fox, the state's attorney, said, which by, by the way, I, if it wasn't for a, if it wasn't a famous case, I'd kind of believe her, where she said like, look, this is like a nonviolent felon. We got more important things to deal with. We don't typically like bring sixteen felony charges against an idiot for pulling off a dumb stunt, mm-hmm. or li- even lying to the cops. We don't usually prosecute that kind of stuff. We usually give guys a fine and let them go or something. Um, if it hadn't been such a big, huge case with the guy going on TV and claiming his innocence, I might have bought that. If it was just like a John Doe who did some idiotic thing at two in the morning in Chicago to get attention. Yeah. But it wasn't that. I mean, that's clearly not. That's not what it was. So even if she decided to give him a zero, a zilch type of penalty, they had to get the admission of guilt. Right. And yeah. And he does deserve some punishment. I mean, so when he initially, when this whole thing was fake and he went down. And was interviewed by the police, but he wasn't really cooperating. So they said, "Hey, we have these two suspects," and he would. <laughs> Poor and Nigerian. He guys. didn't know they were his buddies that he hired. So you don't think he would have thrown two random white guys under the bus? Oh hell yeah! Two street guys like, hey, we think are these the guys? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Put those guys in jail. 
You know, you don't think he would have done that? If this had happened in, a, if this had been in like Alabama or somewhere, literally a race riot could have started. He didn't start, like, yeah, he was cooperating until he realized, you know, that he was caught. <laughs> yes. But like this, the fact that he was cooperating un- under the premise of we found the two guys in the video, which were two homeless guys, basically, right? Uh, no, the two guys in the video were the Nigerian brothers. Oh, those were them. Yeah, there there was three people on the streets of Chicago that night. <laughs> there was Jesse Smollett and two Nigerian brothers who also happened to coincidentally be his physical trainers on the show. <laughs> like, so when you come <laughs> in and drop this, it's like, as you said, so, so now it's like they were doing whiteface, but I was thinking the big Lebowski, like the whole point of you know, anonymously assaulting someone. You don't assault someone who knows you. No. And then... For poli- for political purposes. No, because <laughs> you don't want them to be able to identify you. Right. And if he knew them, I mean, I guess they were wearing masks. Uh, no, they were wearing... According to him, they were just wearing MAGA hats. I heard they were not... Uh, he never claimed that. Oh, uh, They were hat. just saying MAGA stuff. They definitely bought... I, the, the, the most shocking thing to me about the story was that they did buy those ski masks with the holes in the face. Yeah. Which, by the way, you never see anyone wearing while skiing. They're referred to as ski masks. I don't think they should be sold. <laughs> Certainly not in inner cities. They're referred to as ski masks, but clearly you never see anyone with that with the holes just over the mouth. It's like yeah. ski mask in quotes. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, water pipe or it's something. only used for robberies, as far as I can tell. Yeah, really, I don't think they should be sold within... Not if they're not close to a ski slope. But the amazing thing to me was that two uh, a black Nigerian muscle-bound brothers go into a hardware store in Chicago, buy those masks and rope and some other implements, and no one calls the cops. <laughs> like yeah. in LA, there would have been seventeen people calling the police. <laughs> like, oh, you want some ski masks and some rope, uh, large black guy? Sure. Here, <laughs> like there would have been someone pushing the buzzer. Cop SWAT would have rolled. SWAT would have rolled in. They would have shot the guys if they were had some legitimate reason to buy the ski mask, which nobody ever does. Uh, it. It's the, the crazy part is that he's still professing his innocence. He, they mentioned suing. He might sue Chicago, the Chicago police. Uh, I don't understand. Is he like? Do you think he's mentally ill, or is he just like received some really horrible like uh, uh, crisis management advice from his team? I think he might have got like not bad crisis management. Just c- keep denying everything, and not only that, but just profess your innocence and. And just now he's going so far as to, I feel like this is maybe his own doing. Like maybe he uh, embellished a little bit, but like now he's talking about how he was set up and how it's, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's talking about he's really acting. He's, he's putting himself out there as a civil rights martyr. And he mentioned like he swore on his mother's, he did some shit, like didn't swear on his mother's grave, but something like that about how he would never, do, you know, he, he couldn't do this to the people he's fighting for the cause of. I mean, I, I assume everybody knows he's guilty even the people who liked him before i mean literally he could have just said i'm sorry and and spent a year away i mean a louis ck year away and come back but now i think he's just i think he's just ruined i would imagine he's just ruined i think he would have been ruined i think he is ruined regardless but i don't know because like half the well i shouldn't say half but a a few of the cast on uh empire empire um like Gabby, I can never say her name. The fat girl. Uh, I don't know. They're all fat. Gabrielle Savigny. <laughs> Gabrielle. <laughs> Whatever. One of the major people on the cast. Taraji P. Henson. She's I don't fat. fucking know. <laughs> but they sent out a a tweet like, "Yeah, he was framed." Oh yeah. And you know, we knew this the whole time. It, it's this has some some OJ, some hints of OJ to it. 
in terms of like, yeah, the Chicago PD, I'm not a fan. I'm sure that most black people that live in Chicago are not a fan. Um, yeah, but having a black police chief come out and like actually like put his reputation on the line saying this guy's guilty. And then also Realm Emanuel, who obviously is a, is a super progressive. Well, both things can be true. Like, this isn't all that complicated. The Chicago PD can be a fucked up institution. Yes, they are. I believe they are. And like most city city cop organizations. So if you, you believe that, and you could probably cite a lot of examples why. And so in this case, it's like, okay, so someone sort of on the Democratic side of things, um, of the Democratic Party side, the establishment in Chicago, stepped in because this was drawing negative attention to, um, you know, hate crimes and, and racism and homophobia, et cetera. Kamala, he's a friend of Kamala Harris, a close friend of Kamala Harris's. Yeah, he attended her, like, workshop on hate crimes or some shit. She calls him, she calls him her nephew. I don't know what that actually means, but she calls him, refers to him as her nephew. So both things can be true. Yeah. The Chicago PD can be racist, and he could be guilty. Like, what is wrong with people that they can't yeah, but believe this, two things but the, simultaneously? Even in the OJ case... There had like you had like the Mark Furman, who was like the racist cop who had like found the evidence. There, there is at least like a a story you could build about like two white racist cops in LAPD setting this setting up OJ. Yeah, there's been not a single shred of evidence of that in the Smollett case. There's absolutely zero. I mean, they, 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 the, even the Smollett team admitted the Nigerian brothers perpetrated the crime. Right. His alibi is that he's guilty. <laughs> yeah. His, well, his alibi is that his. Personal his personal trainers, two guys from Nigeria, suddenly decided to get dressed up in whiteface and, and buy a noose and have a, a fake, you know, a, a racist attack on him at two in the morning, knowing that he was going to Subway sandwiches. After he paid them each $3,500. After he paid them each and had texted them before and after the assault occurred. So that's the story. Yeah. So if you're on the jury, how, how are you feeling about that one? That's what I'm saying. It's an open and shut case. It would, it would have been... I understand why he didn't want to go to trial. Here's, what, here's, here's how I imagine it went down. There was like a power broker meeting between like Michelle Obama's assistant and this, sec this state's uh, attorney and I don't know if Emmanuel was in there and Jesse Jackson was in there and who knows, someone from Kamala Harris's office. And they all said, look, here's how we're going to make this go away quietly. You know, you're going to plead guilty, but we're going to get off with no, no, char you know, no penalties. And then Jesse Small is in there going like, fuck no, I'm innocent. I'm not doing that. I want this now. And started screaming like fucking crazy and demanding it happen now. And whoever, whatever juice he has made that happen. Because this looks sloppy. This looks really sloppy. Yeah. For like real po political power brokers, they know how to finesse this. This was ugly. So I'm assuming he went batshit crazy. He and maybe Lee Daniels or somebody else went batshit crazy. And just demanded this be like dropped right now. And because this looked this looked like it was rushed and 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 poor, very poorly done, and I think they're gonna someone else is gonna end up going to jail for this. Well, the Chicago PD is talking about they're trying to get federal. I mean, it, it's pretty much over at this point. I think. But. Well, they have the the, the mail charges because if you mailed them the self the hate letter with the crushed up aspirin. <laughs> but it, I, honestly, at this point, I don't. I don't. I'd rather him just be this fucking joke for the rest of his life. I think he is going to be. So he he came to L.A. I just brushed up on TMZ since nice. I was coming in here because um, he's he's nominated for best supporting actor. Is he really for the, uh, the NAACP awards? Oh, I see. Which gotcha. must be taking place this weekend. So does he get booed? Because if I was there, I would be booing. I would be booing him in perpetuity. But I've seen some pretty prominent uh, black celebrities saying he needs to go away. 
Yeah. You know, they're not going to denounce him, but I think, uh, you know, like Charles Barkley will. But like, you know, the, the rank and file Hollywood sort of black elite are just going to want him to go away. They, they, they're not, they know what's going on. I mean, they were cool with Michael Jackson. He's kind of <laughs> harmless comparatively. Well, he was just fucking little boy, little white boys. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to run by some one of the Michael Jackson defenders this week. Why? They said Michael Jackson just loved kids and and he would invite them over to give them experience, great experiences for their young lives. Mm-hmm. Why he never invited girls over? <laughs> like why why he felt girls didn't deserve that? That's a good <laughs> question. Riches. Somehow he went through two hundred kids and they just randomly are all boys. <laughs> we're, we're all boys. Along those lines, I would agree with you. And so my, here's my sort of very quick take on the whole thing. No one tries to sleep with people that they're not trying to fuck. Oh yes. You don't ever voluntarily sleep in the same bed with with any person that you don't plan on fucking. And that includes Abraham Lincoln and his uh, <laughs> Secret <laughs> Service guard, who we learn later on uh, were actually uh, uh, stroking each other in the, in the in the evenings. So, what do you mean we learn later? On? <laughs> well, I mean there was always like it, it was always the Lincoln thing was always like so he slept in like the White House with a dude in his bed. Yeah. And it was always like, oh, you don't understand. In the 1860s, it was very common, which I think it was for, for men to share beds because it wasn't like everyone had their own rooms back then and they, they couldn't phone like 1-800-MATTRESS to get mattresses delivered. Well, that's the thing. It was common in certain scenarios, but when there are extra beds available. Yes, but in the White House, apparently there were more than one bed. So, yeah. was, And also, by the way, it was, it was to stay warm because it was fucking cold in those places. Uh, they had fireplaces, but they didn't have central heating. Nowadays, it would be, you know, obviously, yes. And in, in the Neverland Ranch, I assume they, Michael wasn't clinging to the children for heat. <laughs> so, no, like, and I'm sure they had extra rooms available. <laughs> I mean, I have no problem sharing a bed with friends I grew up with because, you know, like you said, there there weren't always beds available. But you can fucking bet that if there are two people and there's two beds and one guy's suggesting sleeping in the same bed... yeah. Uh, we're not even staying in the same room at that point. No, especially if one guy is 40 and one kid's nine. <laughs> <laughs> and the 40-year-old has a nose that's falling off his face and <laughs> is, is offering wine to the kid. <laughs> Matt, I want to talk about Mama June. You're a big, uh, honey, you were a big Honey Boo Boo fan. Uh, I think you watch and rewatch all those episodes. I think Head should roll at TLC for... Ever, you know, allowing that filth to be on TV. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of into the freak show, into the freak show thing. First of all, those people get paid a lot of money. I mean, relatively speaking, yes, their lives are completely exploited and they're they're mocked endlessly, and they all end up dead from drugs. But by the same token, they they live pretty <laughs> live pretty well for a few years. Their series are their series are going. It's a real like gladiator. It's a real gladiator type experience, I think, where like. You get to be fa- rich and famous for like two or three years, and then you die. <laughs> and they pull people from the you know the dregs. I mean, I guess you could kind of look at it like the CTE of football, which is they're taking poor kids, putting them in a violent sport, using them for a few years for entertainment, and then they don't care what happens to them afterwards. Yeah, it's sort of the same with these fat, disgusting rednecks that they they put on TV. I will not talk about Honey Boo Boo because I just I can't stand to talk about children that are exploited like that's that. the thing i don't like. i mean mama june do whatever you want but this was a culture where i i believe it was honey bear her boyfriend or maybe it was her other boyfriend i don't know the <laughs> fact that she sexually was, assaulted the child was molesting the daughter yes and casually glanced over on the show <laughs> like right this is all on tv like haha these people are kind of backwoods yeah, like yeah it's actually not funny it's, we're no. talking about the guy that was raping kids yeah the kid who's like pre-diabetic and and will you know will probably not live to see 20 um i don't like the exploitation of kids in any in any manner um in fact i don't know if you saw this 
story this week. A woman got arrested in, remind me of this, in Arizona. She had adopted seven like adorable little kids, and she was uh, beating them, basically, and abusing them and like doing all sorts of weird torture shit to them to get them pe- to perform on her YouTube channel. And she had a, a YouTube channel featuring the seven kids like doing crazy kid antics. Yeah. She had 800,000 subscribers and she was making a boatload of money and basically had these kids like locked in closets and was like tasing them. Like these are like five year olds. She was like tasing to get them to perform when they didn't want to perform on camera for the YouTube channel. I was like, who the fuck is watching this? Like, she literally was like, just, just fucking, you know, concentration camping these kids into performing on this like fantastic kid adventure or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And like, Close to a million subscribers. Don't they do a, uh, like inspect your house when you adopt the fifth kid? And, and <laughs> one of them's like, "Help me!" Like, it was it was fucking horrible. And I always think it was like, I just you should not. There's got to be a law that you cannot put like kids on screen anywhere for money. There just has to be a rule about that. I mean, no Hollywood. I mean, think, literally, the only place you can have child labor, the only industry, is entertainment. Yeah, you couldn't put a tw- you couldn't put a honey boo boo in a job anywhere else without everyone getting arrested. She couldn't work at fucking Macy's at the like the fucking shoe counter. Yeah, <laughs> but she can fucking be on TV and have her life destroyed, and these kids can be on YouTube channels when they're four or five with no representation whatsoever. And and then of course they're all being they're all being abused or molested. But so here's a Mama June story. So she's I believe she's fat again. I don't know exactly what happened. There was that show she was on last year called like. Was newly hot or freshly hot or hot? She was still fat. She was heavy. She had lost a lot. Of, she clearly lost, they, they they stapled her stomach and she lost a lot of weight. And they spent an inordinate amount of time on her makeup, trying to make her look not disgusting. Do you think it had something to do with the fact that she smokes crack? Like maybe she was on a, <coughs> a crack diet. I think she was probably not like at like fourteen. Probably not a horrible looking person. And then the the drugs and the booze and the fat and everything else over the years made her look just like fucking a troll, right? So, you know, she probably wasn't like, I'm sure she wasn't an attractive young teenager or whatever, but at least she was probably not hideous. Then she became this hideous troll. Then she had the TV show. Then they, she lost the TV show. And then they tried to do this thing where they like made her lose a lot of weight, put a lot of makeup on her and try to make her look like a swan story where she had come back to be attractive again. Oh, it was called From Not to Hot. Yes. I just remembered. <laughs> Thank you, man. I knew you would know. Which I knew hot, it's like, what the? I mean, if what? you did the side-by-side comparison photos, it definitely benefited her because she was so disgusting that when she got less disgusting, she looked better. Clearly not hot. But uh, at least she looked less. Disgusting. I just have certain standards for hotness, <laughs> yes. and she didn't quite make the cut. So she's got a new boyfriend, I guess, who got pulled out of the home because he was he was uh, uh, getting drunk and beating her uh, on a routine on a regular on a regular basis. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's a funny show. On, it really on is. TLC. It really is. And uh, but she wants him. She wants him back. Uh, the court has or- put him on a, a restraining order, of course, because he was beating the crap out of her. But she is now officially has announced she's going blind. Uh, by the way, how old is she? Like 35? Does everyone that gets put on trial go blind now? <laughs> Are they, well, Cosby they at least was something like 80. in the neutral loaf that is affecting? It's a little odder, like at 37 or 38, to be going uh, to be going blind. Uh, but I guess it's probably related to diabetes or something like that. So she's go- she's losing her eyesight, and now she wants the court to allow her abusive boyfriend back in her home. Because he takes really good care, he takes really good care of her, outside of the occasional occasional beatings. And at first, you're thinking like everyone's thinking, obviously, like, well, that seems like a really really bad idea because he's just going to beat the crap out of her again. 
But me as a libertarian is thinking, well, I don't know. So she that's baked in, right? Who else is going to take care of this woman? Maybe he's good at like baking cookies or find the remote for her like under the, the cushion. Right. The, the little things in a relationship that are really important. And she doesn't mind that he beats her, that he gets loaded and beats her every now and then. And she's willing to put up with it. Shouldn't she be allowed to sort of say like, eh, I, I choose the abusive boyfriend? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a law against... Um is there against well the, the police? The police are file the police file a restraining order in this case, as they do like customarily when somebody is domestically abusing somebody. You you as a victim can get a restraining order, but after the court intervenes, they also will put in a restraining order hmm. just to prevent that person from going to your house again. Because if you've seen episodes of Cops in the past, you know that every incident is related to someone violating restraining <laughs> violating restraining order right. and going back to beat up their old girlfriend or boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, she's she's going to be getting beat up by some guy, regardless of it, if Correct. it's this guy or some other guy. I mean, who? maybe the next guy could be worse. Uh, this guy has to have, like, maybe sex with her and, uh, like, feed her and do some other weird shit. So I'm thinking the trade-off of, like, the occasional beating. Who else is she going to... Was she ordered to get any kind of, like, counseling that might stop her from <laughs> exclusively dating people that beat her up and molest her kids? <laughs> I don't... I don't you mean uh, to stop her or to encourage her? Uh, I believe TLC is encouraging her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they literally, when they do the casting for these shows, they literally find mentally ill people to cast, knowing that they will make very poor decisions, which then create drama, which then create higher ratings. Yeah, I don't like that. I, no. I, I just think that I'll put you up there with, you know, defending child molesters. If you're producing these shows, I just... I think you have some moral culpability on this whole thing. I mean, you're encouraging it. You're giving them money so they have more money for drugs and booze. You're not stopping any of that from happening. You're encouraging it to happen more, really. Yeah. I mean, you're giving an idiot redneck, you know, a million dollars to play around with. You share some responsibility when they buy a gun and, uh, you know, shoot up a mall or just take out their whole family with drugs or whatever they might do. But you know they're going to do something. You know they're not going to invest it and fucking buy a house with it. Nope. There have been some lawsuits against the uh, these uh, Bravo and other places, but they've never really gone very far. I don't think they've settled them. They've, none of them have ever been adjudicated to show culpability of the actual production team because they'll always say, we're just casting. It hands off what they do is, you know, we don't tell them to do this stuff, obviously. Uh, if they want to get drunk and beat each other up, we just film it. <laughs> so we don't tell them to get drunk and beat each other up. And I put Dr. Phil in that boat, too. You Whoa. have your field producers go out there and find super fucked up people and film them doing weird shit. And then you bring them in and you're kind of like, hey, why don't you stop smoking crack? Yes. And they're like, yeah, you're totally right. And you're like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Read a book. Like he doesn't say anything. No. He he's simply just a, a, an empty suit that interviews them in a solemn way, and then they go back to smoking crack. They're like we have a secret video of you in the green room in the crack we supplied you in the green room <laughs> using the crack we left on the table for you with the pipes. Yeah, that was a test. It was a test. Weren't they doing that? They were like putting booze in the in the green room. Oh, I believe that to get them loaded before they come on stage. Yeah, I believe that too. Well, what do you think? Do you think, like, uh, I remember this was an old case. This was back in Texas. And it used to be, like, they couldn't compel a woman to testify against her husband or boyfriend if he beat her. Like, it was a, a Warren Moon, the old quarterback Warren Moon, mm -hmm. had beat his wife, allegedly beat his wife, and she refused, and she was beat up pretty bad, and she refused to, to file charges against him. 
And that was the old days when, like, if a woman just said, I don't care, I'm not going to file charges, they had to drop it. And then they had this compulsion, they changed a lot of this compulsory thing where, like, you also could be arrested if you didn't file the charges, essentially. And I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of like, I understand that women may not be in the right mind when they're getting beaten by their significant others. Yeah. But in this, like, Mama June case, I'm thinking, like, she's like, her options are very limited. And if she's thinking, like, okay, the guy who occasionally beats me is also going to make my life better. Why shouldn't she be allowed to, to as long as, there's got to be a rule that you can't call the cops. There has to be a rule after that, that it, 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 the coroner, when you're dead, fine. But like in betwixt, like for every single fight, every time he beats you up, you can't call the cops anymore. I mean, you could just move to Mexico or something, couldn't you? <laughs> she, she's, not moving, she's not moving anywhere. I mean, if you, if you tell the court, I want the restraining order waived, I want this man leaving my house, and, 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 and if he beats me, so be it. Okay, but then you're not allowed to call 911 like every, every drunk Saturday night uh, saying that your, your boyfriend's beating on you again. Or cops get to laugh at you. They get to laugh at you over the phone when you do. <laughs> <laughs> they get to say, Mama June, you made your bed. You lie in it. <laughs> and then they hang up. Something like Maybe that. Maybe they attach some kind of puzzle to the 911. So, so if you're drunk, you know, that's just on you. Like you can't, you got to solve the Rubik's Cube and then call 911. What do you think like the, the, the percentage of like 911 calls on weekends are just like domestic abuse situations? It's got to be like an inordinate number. Of just like so and so is beating me, and my boyfriend's this, and my girl. I mean, just I always hear the calls on TMZ and other places. That's all it is. Well, I had this girlfriend that she would do this very routinely. She would start some kind of argument, or at least we would get into an argument. Usually, drinking was involved, and then she would stand in front. So I'd be like, "All right, I'm just getting out of this situation. I'm going to go walk down the street, maybe have a beer, maybe just cool off, walk around the block." Anyway, I'm just leaving this apartment, right? And she would stand in front of the door. And I'm like, all right, well, you have two options here. You can move or I'll have to move you. But that was a bluff because I knew better than that. Yes, though I, you can't put your hands on a woman. You're, you'll be in big trouble. Yeah, even when she's blocking you from matter. exiting. So then, obviously, the argument escalates. And, and uh, one time, the cops actually came. And that really pissed me off. And I had to break up with her. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, th I think it's a pretty, someone called the cops. If they hear people yelling at each other, they call the cops. They right? do now. I don't know if that was an old, that feels like a, not an old days thing. I feel like in the old days, like husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends were allowed to scream at each other like crazy. And nobody ever called the cops. <laughs> nobody ever called the cops. I wouldn't call the cops. I would have to hear something along the lines of stop punching me. And then I would call the cops. So Is I'm that not, a gun? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not just calling over volume. Over volume? No, I don't like that either. Matt, I want to move on to uh, Cardi B. We're going from one of your su super fans of Mama June to uh, Cardi B. <laughs> I didn't. I have to actually like. I've looked at her background story like five times now because I've always disbelieved it. Mm -hmm. So she's one of those people where like I can't believe that like how famous she is based on her background. And then I look, remind myself like every couple months I'll go back and look like at her Wikipedia page just to remind myself that she literally appeared out of no, like she literally appeared out of nowhere. I mean, she was a stripper, and then she was on uh, the, the VH1 uh, Love and Hip Hop show, whatever the hell that was, which I think is just a show designed. To you know, showcase black women with big tits that are sort of involved in hip hop, right? As far as I can tell, like if you're like sort of involved in hip hop, like you're dating a rapper, you're trying to record an album, and you have 
big tits, uh, and you like have a wicked mouth, you're on the show. So she did, yeah. So she was on that show. Then suddenly she was on Saturday Night Live. Well, she did. She started recording. Then she left. She was like considered like I don't know what season it was of the show, but she was considered like every year there's like the one breakout star of every reality show has like the one breakout star. Right. So she was a breakout star, which then got her like a recording contract of some kind to actually start recording music because she was now famous from the show, relatively speaking, within that cra- demographic. And so then she recorded the, the music, and then the music started taking off. And like you said, she did SNL and other things like that, where she became very high profile. And as far as I can tell, she can't speak, and uh, she does have enormous breasts, and she's in a, sort of an attractive uh, mixed Bronx Bronx type, <laughs> type woman who I can see is relatable to a lot of people. She's extremely sassy. I can't imagine what she would look like without the makeup, if she would look better or, or worse. But that that sort of clown look doesn't really help anyone. It's like the Nicki Minaj. She's like, the, to me, I think she has Nicki Minaj. Although I think, well, I wouldn't say Nicki Minaj had more musical talent. I don't know. It's hard to say. I, whenever I hear these songs, they're so produced, so heavily produced. Yeah. I can't tell if it's like a robot or if it's actually a person doing it. I don't think it matters. So she puts on a stage show. She's got the body. She makes a lot of noises. She does yes. a lot of almost crackhead style um, Tourette'sy type of outbursts. She doesn't. She does not enunciate, so you can't en- actually understand what she's saying. Um, so it's more of like a and, and literally like she's like a, I don't know if you're old enough to remember like when Patrick Ewing used to speak when his younger days. Yeah, like he just could not speak very well. Um, so he was very hard to understand until he became older. And God bless Patrick Ewing. He learned how to speak and became the, the head of the union for the players' union. But, you know, and his, his Georgetown basketball days, half the kids on his team could not literally speak right. uh, the English language. They spoke Ebonics, but they could not speak the English language. And so uh, where you could understand them. And so she's sort of like that. She does make the little squeaks and peeps and sort of half words and like words. And they call them words that she's made up. I'm like, no, I think she's actually trying to say other words. <laughs> <laughs> and they just come out wrong and they go, oh, she made up grr. I think her whole thing, is, yeah, it's, it's absurd. Her whole thing, and, and yeah, like burp. burp yeah, know. now it's a ma- now it's a meme on on social media because she just couldn't say the actual word. I mean, she's had this ongoing, like it's always on TMZ and and these crappy shows about her and Offset, and she and, call, and she calls out other rappers. They had stuff. a baby, and yeah. he cheated on her, and they get back together. And I'm like, so I started thinking, like, this seems heavily contrived. What are the odds they're on the same record label for right. an offset? Right. I went ahead and looked that up. Yeah. And uh, it turns out they are. Of course. So they're just engaging. He's probably gay. It's probably someone <laughs> else's baby. And they're just playing out this thing. Um, well, she also started calling out Trump and, and uh, Trump, like, Trump officials and stuff like that. And, like, and, like, again, there's nothing bold about that. But, you know, if you're big on Instagram or Twitter, it gets you lots of, lots of you know, play. Right. Um, I didn't quite understand, but let's get to Cardi B's background because she was a, she was a girl in the Bronx. She worked at a grocery store. She got fired. I'm going to assume for uh, uh, not showing up and or stealing and or just being obnoxious <laughs> to her boss. And uh, the boss basically said you should be a stripper because she probably was dumb and had she might be dumb, but she had big tits and she had trouble wearing all over her. And so she went to become a stripper. And and then later on, apparently, we learned from a video uh, an unearthed 
video. I like unearthed videos, unearthed uh, uh, Instagram uh, posts or Twitter posts. Mm-hmm. Like unearthed sounds like you've actually done like some Indiana Jones archaeological <laughs> dig. Like you have to fly to Cairo and, and spend like a year digging, as opposed to just doing a search for old for old Instagram Twitter posts on 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 buzzword on sort of buzzwords. Right. Uh, but in the video, she talks about the fact. Uh, this is her first person admitting this that when she was a stripper, she would take men. John's essentially up to a hotel room for sex, wherein she would drug them and rob them. She left out the part that sometimes she just fucked them for money. I'm assuming. I, yes, I would assume so. Uh, I would assume that was after. So she before that was before she stole their money. She would drug them. I was assuming she Mickey Mickey their drinks and rob them. And then when they passed out, she would take their shit and leave. And this was just basic survival. It was either that or, you know, I mean, God forbid, apply to a different grocery store. You really find yourself with only one option sometimes <laughs> yes. Yes. to procure a bunch of date rape drugs yes, um, and then drug people against their will and then rob them, which is uh, a felony on multiple levels. Well, here's the thing, too. So she's not unlike some of these like, you know, Kavanaugh things, which like, you know, he's 52. And like when you were 16, like in 1982, did you like, OK, I mean, even if you did like date rape a girl. In 1982, I think most people felt like yeah, they were both drunk, they had sex, whatever. It was 36 years ago. She's only 26 now, so this is like maybe five years ago. Yeah, there's plenty of guys on the streets of New York that might recognize her from her stripper days. Yeah, this is not like a, you, some youthful indiscretion like way back when. This is like two jobs ago <laughs> for her when she was drugging and robbing guys. And then she pulled this like survivor. This is how girls survived on this whatever. I'm like, well, no, that's not how girls survive because most girls... Yeah, obviously a lot of a lot of strippers are into some you know bad shit. Clearly, the, it, within the subcategory of strippers, there are a lot of prostitutes and people ripping off people and all sorts and drugs and all sorts of stuff. But uh, even within the stripper community, you'd have to think not every stripper is drugging and robbing Johns. No, <laughs> so no. it's like even even and then there's no there's no also no indication of why just stripping, which I assume she made some decent money from. Uh, why she needed the extra, like how the extra money, like robbing a guy's watch, became survival mode. Like, what was she not getting in her, in her stripping pay? To sur- <laughs> like, let's say she was making twenty grand a year or twenty five grand a year low end on stripping. Why did she need the watch for the guy's credit cards or this? Like, what kind of survival? What kind of survival was she was she performing for herself? Yeah, and the fact that she feels comfortable about sort of coming out with this narrative, I wouldn't say. She's doing it like in a female empowerment type of way. No, she she said she wasn't proud of. She did say she wasn't proud of it. Yeah, but obviously, if a dude, it's not that much different than. Well, let's just say the exact same circumstances. Um, no, I was a sort of male sex escort worker, yeah. and I would drug uh, men and women and steal all their shit. It's like. Okay, yeah. well, you're like a you're like a really bad person. Yeah, although to me that feels like every male escort probably. But yeah, <laughs> well, there's no equivalent to the female escort. So no. I'm trying to think of a guy that would be. But you know, I'm a movie producer. <laughs> I get women up in my hotel room. Yes, I drug them. I steal their purse. Uh, you know, I was just doing what I had to do at the time. I mean, I would think there there would be a little bit. Um, People would be speaking out against you a little bit more if that were the case. It was odd. I'm, I'm assuming she made more as a stripper than she did as, as a grocery store clerk, a, a, as a teenage grocery store clerk. So, like, if she had just remained a grocery store clerk and then was drugging and robbing guys, I think people would have thought, like, oh, God, that's horrible. Why is the, the bagging girl, <laughs> like, <laughs> committing violent felonies against our customers? But because she's a stripper, I think people kind of go, like, oh, that goes with the whole milieu of stripping that 
this is just a seedy business and this is what you do to survive. Yeah. Like there hasn't been a lot of thought into like just this free pass she's getting. And I, I don't even care if they go back and prosecute her, but I think there needs to be some investigation. I don't know if I believe her. I mean, I think if she was doing this all the time, someone would have bit the bullet and charged her with something. You know what strip club she works at. You yeah, know. but I don't you think John's like, I don't know, John's like, I think when they get robbed, the reason you can rob John's is they don't want to go to the police, right? Uh, for me, it would depend on what she took. I mean, <laughs> if she just took the cash out of my wallet. Well, what are you like? Did you, did you take in the weekly store receipts up to you with the prostitute to the hotel room? <laughs> like, I'm assuming you put like 80 bucks in your pocket. Oh, and if I was missing a watch, <laughs> I'd have something to say about it. You're like, oh, I got a date with this hooker. I think I'm going to bring my nice watch, <laughs> my bar mitzvah watch with uh, me <laughs> to, to wear something nice. I mean, yes, I guys think. Guys are stupid. Guys are stupid. I think I, John's get ripped off all the time. And uh, I assume they just didn't never go to the cops because if they lost a couple hundred bucks, they don't want to fucking go. Oh, yeah, I was uh, hiring a prostitute, and you see what happened here. Uh, let's go after her. Do you her. believe this story, or do you think she's just trying to sound super streaked? Uh, I do. I think she probably didn't do it all the time. I don't think anyone could do this all the time, as if this was her. Because there are other, like, there's that lady who got arrested in Miami. You see in the club areas, there's always, like, these ladies getting arrested for, like, really ripping off rich dudes. Like, they work the high-end clubs in Miami. And they get the guys back. There was a woman who had taken like several guys off for f- north of fifty thousand dollars each mm-hmm. that she had uh, hooked up with at clubs, and they had very nice either cars or watches or jewelry, high end stuff. They were targeting these guys, and the chick would get them back to the hotel room to have sex, and then they drug them and, and take their stuff. But that was like a high end operation. Right. This feels like you're just grabbing a strip club, John, and like stealing twenty bucks from him. Well, how do you think this story would play out, like on Twitter, with people chiming in? Let's say. Well, someone uh, someone did the comparison of, of different different crime, but like Kevin Hart, like how how Kevin Hart got dragged, yeah, for his for his homophobic allegedly homophobic comments, and that there's this double, there's clearly a gender double standard here. Well, let's say we kind of flipped it a, a couple ways. So let's say Matthew McConaughey tells this story, and he's like. Uh, you know, he's giving some truth serum, and he goes, "Well, I went up uh, with this prostitute that I was planning to pay for consensual sex. She then uh, drugged me. I woke up with a banana in my ass. <laughs> when I woke up, she was still in the room stealing my shit. So I beat the shit out of her. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I just feel like, all right, well, justice was served. That's how you would feel. He would never share that story. Uh, it's a pretty ridiculous story, but I'm just saying, like, for sure. whose side are you on? I mean, like, what? Well, Cosby, I mean, so... She's the, admitting that she, like, took advantage of people and <laughs> committed crime. Everyone talks <laughs> about violence against hook, uh, against sex workers. It's yes. like, yes, yeah, sometimes maybe justified, actually. Well, they're, they're clearly... I mean, this is a seedy business, and they're clearly doing bad shit. What I don't understand is that she said, like, the, the, glor- the she was basically praising hip, the hip-hop culture where... No one is ever can, should ever be ashamed of their past. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, like maybe if you were the victim in the past, like if you if you had been raped, we'd be like, oh god, like you or you grew up molested or you had to strip to make, you know, uh, what's her name, uh, Ro- uh, Amber Rose started stripping at 15 because she literally came from a broken family where there's no money. You go, okay, you know, let's you know, we don't like her now, but at 15 or 16. You're, there's no food on the table, and you're fucking broken family. You can, and some guy offers you money to strip. You're gonna strip, but that's that's different. That makes you the you're the victim in that story. I rarely buy the it's just getting by thing with <laughs> the stripping and hooking. I think that you that it pays more than any other job you could get. Yes, but you could you know there's cocktail uh, cocktailing. There's 
all kinds of stuff. The only woman that I knew that, <clears throat> so there's this um, place in Seattle they closed down. It's called the Lusty Ladies of Peep Show. And chicks would dance around and they're naked. And the only... What the hell's a peep show? I'm watching uh, uh, the, 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 <laughs> the Deuce on HBO. Like, it's still hard for me to imagine guys went and then like a little window popped open for quarters. <laughs> they yeah, I went in twice just to, <laughs> for the experience. I just don't... I guess in the internet generation, for sure, that's it's idiotic at it this point. It was <laughs> interesting. And she was a huge feminist lesbian. Yeah. And she claimed that she had to dance naked there just to kind of make ends meet. She was fucking nuts. She's yes. from a wealthy family. Right. Um, this is just something that psycho women get into. They get some kind of power out of it. Um, they It helps them with their own issues. Perhaps there's abuse in their um Well, it's, it's obviously a way to make... I mean, there was, uh, there was that case of those girls at Brown University, upscale girls who were stripping at school because they were making thousands of dollars. So there's not a lot of jobs at 18 where you can make a lot of money. Um, and if you're at a decent club, you're not going to get touched. But don't act like no. you had to do it. No. You wanted to make more money. Yes. It's not the only way you could survive. No. You, you, can, make, you can make decent money at Chili's. Uh, you could. And if you're a reasonably attractive woman with big breasts, I assume there's other options for you in terms of employment. Uh, or, or getting Hostessing, by. promotional work. Yeah. Um, shot girl, shot amb- tequila ambassador, <laughs> tequila ambassador. Yeah. Or just uh, doing, say, Gur and Burp on, on records and selling millions and millions of albums. <laughs> Matt, I want to ask you about Robert Kraft. We got an email from Larry, uh, and I think you I think you and I basically agree on the Robert Kraft prostitution situation, going to another prostitute story. At least, by the way, he did not get robbed and drugged and robbed. At, you know you will not get drugged and robbed at a, uh, a rub and tug in the strip mall. Would you rather be drugged and robbed or video recorded by a bunch of bored cops, which the story of why they're doing this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Oh, if I, w- if I had advanced knowledge, I would go for the drugged. And, well, the idea of like a 19-year-old uh, uh, stripper deciding how much drugs I need it scares the scares the hell out scares the hell out of me a little bit. Yeah, like that seems extreme. That seems like you're not going to die from the police from the vice sting. Whereas the drugging in the hotel room seems like something I would just die. Then, then my, my cousin who arranges uh, uh, the scenes before cops arrive when guys die in, in motel rooms would have to come and <laughs> make it look like I was at a convention or something <laughs> like that. But uh, so Robert Kraft is pleading not guilty to the, into his solicitation of sex, and he wants his day in court. And uh, Larry writes, uh, this is a good thing for justice, right? And I'm going to say yes. I think this is great that he's actually, I mean, idiotically, perhaps as a practical matter, but theoretically is fighting the actual conviction, is fighting the actual arrest for solicitation of prostitution. Yeah, and I think he probably has the kind of lawyers that will get it dismissed. I'm sure that these cops fucked up a whole lot of stuff with what they did and Still unclear why they were videotaping people getting hand jobs. <laughs> um, doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. If they had these human traffickers, they're like, okay, we just have to hear me out, Larry. Um, we're just going to have to record yes. some guys getting sucked off. It's like, like are you old- sure you're not a pervert and this is completely unnecessary? Look at uh, senior citizens are coming in to get their uh, their old dicks, <laughs> pretty dicks <laughs> struck. We need like 48 hours to watch. Will, raise your hand if you want to spend the weekend watching this on videotape. But they're being beaten and raped every night when they return back to the hovel. Well, yes. uh, whatever. It seems, like a custom, it seems like more like a customs issue than it does a vice issue. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that he is because I think that this is the whole thing. The, the, the burden of him of being involved enabling a sex trafficking ring is ridiculous. Of any John is ridiculous. Unless the John's saying, like, hey, you got any 12 year olds from Taiwan or 
Bangladesh. I'll pay extra money for that. Uh, going right. into the massage parlor and asking for a happy ending cannot be equated to actively supporting international sex trafficking. Well, if you go to a Vietnamese restaurant <laughs> yes, right. and your server is undocumented, is that how is that your fault whatsoever? Well, the server is probably not getting getting sodomized for for twenty bucks a pop, but. You know, you're right. There's you're contributing to a different type of delinquency in, in international trade, or if you're just buying like I don't know Victoria's Secret underwear made in slave slave labor camps in Southeast Asia, you're contributing to girls who are being forced to stitch for 14 hours a day and have to pee in their pants because they're not allowed breaks. So there's all sorts of sort of second or third degree indirectly related things, sins that you're supporting when you buy pretty much anything. Yeah. So I mean, this is sex. And it, it's an old dude getting hands up, so I can see how it's grosser than say buying almonds and having to worry about where the how the almond farmers are being tra- almond pickers are being treated. Yeah, um, but it's not technically any different. And this, if you are a civil libertarian and you think women should have the right to abortion and and, and gung ho guys should have guns, then why can't a dude get a hand job? I mean, why does he not have a constitutional right to a fucking hand job? Yeah, and it's a hand job, so she's already touching. All around your dick and your, yes. and your and your she's touching all your body parts, but she just can't touch that one part. Like even if your argument is is like, well, it spreads diseases. Well, now with a hand job, there's no, no perfectly clean that can be like it's. It just seems like a part, like a logical extension of a massage. I mean, you know if. If 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 he's <laughs> like boning well, him in the ass, then yeah. maybe I could see. Like how that would be a slightly different argument because that should be in a different part of town at least. Yeah, I mean, especially in Florida, um, you know, you got to watch how there's got to be more viruses being spread like behind the, any given West Hollywood bar in the evening than there is at these at these rub at these rub and tugs. Yeah, I think they're actually pretty safe. So in in terms of like condom use and stuff. Um, I mean, Walmart is horrible to the employees, but twenty million people a week shop at Walmart. I mean, we don't like, you know, and there are the few people that will boycott it or don't go to Target because the owner gave money to anti-gay rights or anti-whatever it is. But generally, 99.9% of people don't feel responsible for the store they're shopping at in terms of how they treat their employees or where they source their products. No. And what are you supposed to do? How would you even get the information to clear yourself in the first place of associating with undocumented uh, immigrants? Like, well, how, you could. How would you... If, if it was legalized, you could because... Then they would have to get a certificate from the county, and the, the county would actually come and inspect, like they do restaurants, and say, "Okay, there's no underage, illegally do- undocumented people working here." So actually, if you stopped the vice stings and actually made it legal, and just like it did with weed, and and forced them to get uh, inspected by a county inspector, who they're going to pay off anyhow for what? Not much difference, but uh, at least they'd have an A grade on their window, and you could say, like, okay, no, no, uh, Chin Lo from Bangladesh at fourteen is not working here. They're all eighteen. They're all documented. It's a good point, but it it still comes back to this board cop thing of them wanting to stage and record sex. Like, I don't think, and I don't know, but let me know if they're recording. Uh, across town, you know the the young girls working in the uh, uh, offshore, you know, garment factories. <laughs> are, are they taping the girls stitching with their fingers and watching <laughs> no. that for evidence? I seriously doubt it. I think they're only watching the fucking yes. that they're that they're that they have set up to to watch. It's preposterous. It, 
it's, they're they're obsessed with sex. This is perverse. One thing I do love about the show The Deuce, which I'm, I'm pushing now, is the fact that it's in the '70s at Times Square, and every single cop is on the take. And either either they're either one or both. Either they're on the take, and or they just get the free sex services, or they just want to watch the hot chicks having sex. So like every single cop, they're all thirty something year old guys are basically corrupted by the sex industry. Yeah. Even the vice cops are all taking money. And this is loosely based on, a, on true facts. So, like, the vice cops are the most corrupt <laughs> the most corrupt people in the entire force because they're literally charged with criminalizing sin. Yeah. And they become the biggest, just like the narc, the narc cops become the biggest narcotic dealers. <laughs> well, let me, let me tell you what won't work for, for any, you know, potential police chiefs paying attention. You get some huge dork of a guy, yeah, and then give him free reign to kind of walk around the city without being monitored <laughs> and investigate like sex and drugs. Yes, we know where this goes. Yes, of course. Unless you're, Serp- Serpico was so unique in New York that they made a book and movie. <laughs> they made a book and movie about <laughs> the one guy not on the take. And what did the other cops do when they found out he was he was the one clean cop? They tried to kill him. <laughs> they literally tried to kill him. I'm good for Robert. I'm glad like a rich guy of means who's generally well liked in the community. Is actually t- is actually putting himself on there to take on this idiotic prosecution because I think in the very least it will get the cops to start changing the way the abusive ways they have this. Now, having said that, I don't want I would not want to rub and tug like necessarily like close to my house. Yeah, uh, I don't even want, you know I don't want an Asian massage parlor like where my kids might be walking from the bus stop. So zoning a zoning a zoning thing might be in order. There's dozens of them within you know a few blocks of my house. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think they cause. Crime. I've, no, I've, it's not that they cause. I'd rather have that than like a huge gay bar or something. Yeah, or uh, like a Seven Eleven where there's always crime. Even a dispensary, I think, could be worse than a Robin Tug place. Yeah, I just don't want. I just the idea of like Robert Crafts going in there to get the rocks off, like you know, as the kids are walking, by, kind of bothers me a little bit. So just put it like in a in semi more industrial area. Doesn't have to be a fucking in a factory base, but it's just somewhere where you put like where you zone like Home Depot. <laughs> like next, to right. the, put it next to the Home Depots where where kids. Don't well, then everyone's n- gonna know what you're going there for. There is still some veil of like you no, might just not. be getting a massage. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> there is no, yeah at, at a at a place with the with the uh, uh, the letters the the tie letters out front. Dude, I didn't know. I swear to God, I I did a cannonball into a shallow pool, hurt my back uh, accidentally, and so I asked my friend where to get a massage. And he thought I meant, where do I go to get a blowjob? And I went to this massage place and realized what was happening. And I said, uh, well, as long as I'm here, uh, I may as stop. well. Help, stop. Uh, it was an Asian place, I assume, right? Uh, it, they're usually mostly Asian. This was a Latin chick, though. I just, if you go to a massage parlor with a random generic name in a, in a uh, strip mall, I would go with what ninety nine point nine percent chance they offer sexual services on top of the regular services. Well, I'll tell you the because how else how else would you make how else would you keep that business open? I think some guys might just want massages. I don't know, but they, don't, but they charge like what like forty bucks for massage. It's always like some coupon code and like yeah. it's really cheap. I don't. I mean, obviously they're not paying the girls there very much, but still, you can't keep a business. Open I think up. they will charge you, and if you look weird or suspicious, they won't offer you. Um, you know, extra stuff. Because every time you go in, they say, uh, this was told to me by someone else, they say, uh, have you been here before? And you go, yes. And that's pretty much the, are you a cop? No thing. But I don't know, because I don't look like a cop. 
maybe it's young. maybe it's hard for like military guys that look like cops to get uh, hand jobs in massage parlors. Uh, you think they're that savvy? Like the owners actually like uh, profiling people when they walk through the door? There's just some guys that look a lot like cops. Usually, yeah. kind of stiff, awkward guys. You know what I I, I discovered? You're right. The, the superficial profile is really important. I learned this when I went to my uh, one of my kids' uh, uh, school track and field events. So apparently, like I didn't know this, but like. No adults are allowed on the tr- actual track and field during the event. You have to sit up in the stands where you can't see anything. Mm. Have you ever been to like a track and field event? You can't tell what the hell's going on right. when you're in the stands because there's like 85 events taking place on the field portion. There's all the fucking whatever, the, the javelin and shot put and all the other shit. And I walked right onto the field and stood like five feet from my kid when, to watch like close up when he's performing and nobody stopped me. And it was only then later on I realized I look exactly like a PE coach. <laughs> and so literally in my like hoodie and sweatpants, like I just walked past every single layer of security and nobody stopped, nobody stopped me because they just assumed I was a, a gym coach. Matt, I want to ask you, uh, we got an email from Sarah. It's, this is about you. This is very personal, by the way. How much did Matt's parents bribe the women's handball coach at UW to get him into school there? <laughs> so uh, with this huge college, we didn't get a chance. We weren't around last week to talk about the college uh, bribery scandal. Uh, were you uh, associated with some sort of sports team uh, that got you in on a bribe to uh, UW? <laughs> no, no. Can you, can you imagine? I, don't, I know what my parents would react. Can you imagine someone asking your parents, like, Bri- for bribe money to get you into school, only at USC or somewhere like that. Yeah, so it wouldn't. I mean, everyone was acting surprised. It's like USC. They currently, well, last year anyway, they have an Indian guy on their basketball team who's never played and he does not look like an athlete. Oh yeah, that dude. Yeah, and yeah. The claim is that he started a million dollar business from his dorm room. I'd like to see how many millions of dollars his parents have before I believe that. Um, but the school is real shady. Like yes. they had Master P's son on the basketball team uh, who just, you know, didn't really play basketball no. outside of, you know, anymore. Like Snoop's, Snoop's, the, Snoop's son got the UCLA to play football, never yeah, played, never this played. This is all shady shit that's been going on for a while. Although I think. In the defense, like so, you saw the tweet from uh, uh, Dr. Dre this past week, mm. where he said he was proud of his daughter for getting into USC <laughs> the right way, although he had donated seventy million dollars five years ago to the school. What a moron! But in some sense, that is the right way to bribe your way in. Yeah, which is like I don't have a problem with a rich guy, whether it be an old white guy or a rapper who's got tons of money or Jay Z donating to build a new school within a college, and then his kid gets to get in because that's how you get big fucking donations, you know. That's sort of why we have libraries and museums and hospitals and stuff, because rich guys want their name on shit. I don't like it. It's just a legal bribe. But it is a legal bribe. But is it, was, it was, didn't you find the worst part about this case was how much money they were <laughs> how much money they were paying to get their kids like the Lori Laughlin's paid two hundred fifty grand a pop to get her kids into USC? Like yeah. are you fucking I mean, uh, at least Felicity Hoffman, she got she paid fifteen grand to have someone take the SATs for her idiot kid. I'm like, well, okay. Like you're a millionaire, fifteen grand, like I guess. Like still illegal, still like immoral, but like at least you had like a finance head on your brain. You're like, okay, I'll pay fifteen grand for this. Some people pay like one point two million dollars like to get their kids into a college. I'm like, what? Like it's really bizarre. Oh, no, it's like the amount of the amount of bribe money was like so immense that it was like I mean, people I remember someone reminded me when I was in high school there was this kid who had someone else take the SATs for him. 
Uh, he was a shady kid. He was always a nice guy, but always a janky, the jankiest kid in high school. Mm-hmm. And he paid some guy to, uh, like, and when I say paid, I mean like 20 bucks back then to take the SATs under his name so he could get a good score, so he could go to, you know, get into a decent college. And I always thought, like, that's the shadiest thing I ever heard of, but yeah, 20 bucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, if you really want to go to whatever college, uh, I think he went to the Berkeley or Santa Barbara, one of those UC schools. I'm like, yeah, okay. But like 250 grand, 500 grand, a million, <laughs> million dollars for something that clearly financially isn't worth that amount of money by far, yeah. by many multiples. Well, in USC and Yale and those places are littered with, you know, the moron sons of rich people yes. anyway. Like, I don't know how deep this goes. I don't think they want to do much investigating nope. because they're going to find that uh, 30% of their student body is useless. Um, like, I happen to know a ton of people that went to USC. And some of them are like uh, Mexican kids that worked really hard. And then the other half are fucking morons whose parents went to USC. And you can tell quite simply. And, do- and donated. You got to donate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're when they say, when they, the say when they say legacy, they're, it's a little misleading because it's legacy plus donations. Right. <laughs> so if you're in the medical program, like I know one guy um, who went to USC and now he, uh, he pilots robotic. Uh, surgeon hands that do heart surgery and uh, that's like his thing and then i know some other guy who's a cokehead and he went to the business school he's a film producer and those are two very different things if yeah. you're in the business school at usc you're yes. a retard yes. son of someone yes. and uh if you're into the sciences you're probably really smart but there's a huge chasm between <laughs> these majors well I, I, again i don't i don't ha- i don't have problem with legal bribes because at least they are public knowledge so if Dre wants to give $70 million to school and then expects his kids to get into school there, uh, you know, there's only so much you can do to stop people with tons of money from getting privileges. Right. The whole idea that, like, it was, like, outrage that, like, this is rich person privilege. Like, yeah, rich people have had privilege since we had money, invented money 10,000 years ago. <laughs> it's not like, this is not, a new th- this is not a new thing. Like, rich people get privilege in everything. It's not just college admissions. They get... They get they have to get to have nicer cars and better parking spots and live in nicer houses and they get better treatment by the police they get better private security and they can get gun permits from the county sheriff that's for celebrities like this is not like the first thing people are like outraged to learn but I was just I was really just surprised how much money people were willing to pay to get their kids into these schools knowing that it was a pure pedigree thing like there was no way that money would ever be considered a wise investment financially. And imagine if you're Felicity Huffman and your daughter, or is that William H. Macy's kid, the yes. the influencer yeah. one? So your daughter aspires to be an Instagram person, and you're like, fuck. So, hey, you know your kid's kind of like not, not that great to begin with. And then she's going to USC where, whether she knew it or not, you're at least paying the tuition, which is very steep. Like 50 grand a year. And she's saying... I don't even want to go to college. Oh, Lori Laughlin's daughter, yeah, Olivia Jade. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, she got paid by she literally got paid by Amazon to set up her dorm room her first day. <laughs> like Amazon paid her money to say she was using Amazon to set up her dorm room. Jesus, like, it's, it's, I mean, all of this harkens back to the idiocy of the of the, audi- the consumer audience for this stuff. But yeah, it's like it doesn't make like why of all things would you care if your idiot kid got a, mean, a semi mean into a semi meaningful college? where they didn't care about the education, and by the way, they didn't need the degree for their future, and they don't even want to be there, and now you're going to pay half a million dollars to get them And in now there. they're telling you you don't want to be there. I'd be like, 
all right, bitch, then you're not going. Yes. Or you need to shut the fuck up and not say that anymore because, you know, that's not a small sum of money no matter who you are. But No. Um, these are, obviously, it's a huge ego on the part of these parents. You know, oh, yes. the kids don't even care. And they're like, look no. at my kid. He got into USC. And it's very pathetic. It's definitely an L.A. type thing. L.A., San Francisco, New York is where it's been. And also, actually, the, be- the best story I've read so far this is a girl who got into... She was uh, some a banker's kid or something like that, but they got her into UCLA. The women's, the women's soccer coach is a guy, but the women's soccer coach at UCLA was on the take because there had to be a coach at every school on the take, and he uh, brought her into the school under a fake <laughs> fake soccer. She, I think, she played AYSO for like one year. As and UCLA has got one of the nationally ranked best women's soccer teams in the country, so they recruit like the best women's girls soccer players in the country, right. and they put together like a national championship caliber team. And they had to brought this girl in, but unlike at USC and other schools where they just let the kids go, ah, oh, I decide I'm not going to play once I'm here. You had to. The rule is you had to play, and so she was actually on the team for freshman year. Literally, this stumbling, bumbling, clumsy girl <laughs> with like world class soccer players, who like yeah. must have been so obvious as like just like circling around her and like seeing her that she was not the least bit equipped to be on the team. Like not incredibly fair. obvious. Not fair to the kid. And I wonder how how deep, you know, I, I was thinking about this. How deep does this this whole admissions thing go? Because I the other day was search this has happened to me three or four times. Um I was searching on the internet for a person that I know. And you know, let's say they're not a public figure. One of the first things that often comes up is if you played a high school sport. Yeah. It'll true. say, you know, you were on the girls uh, uh soccer team in this year and if you're good enough to get a division one scholarship i mean who's who's not researching the, who's not googling there's like a huge number of people that should have yes. kind of caught this i mean like dozens and dozens of people well there was a woman the, the uh, uh the guy the college counselor at the buckley school the very prestigious prep school in the air in la got a call from usc about one of their students Saying that they were congratulating that they're, they're one of their seniors got into USC on a water polo whatever entrance scholarship, and and the guidance counselor at Buckley said, "Well, that's weird. We don't even have a water polo team here." <laughs> and then the person, this is a woman who was on the take at USC, went back to like the singer guy and said, "We got a problem. Uh, they don't even have a water polo team at the high school." And so then they give her a script to read. She calls the guidance counselor back and says, "Oh yeah, this guy was on an international te- traveling team." That travels like on vacations in the summer. Excellent player. We're excited, you know, excited to have him at USC. We can't wait. And then the guidance counselor goes further and says, like, isn't he really small? This <laughs> <laughs> kid's like tiny. And she goes, like, yeah, but he's incredibly strong for his size. <laughs> like, literally just making the lie. And they just people go like, okay, I guess, I guess, you know, it's true. <laughs> like, you're right, a simple Google would have solved the a simple Google search. Who's not it. doing this? Is this entire these entire schools are just full of lazy, corrupt assholes. I think, uh, even in the student body, but especially in the administration. But I'm not. I, I even, we talk about the amount of money. I'm like, it's not like these guys. Like the USC water polo coach got 1.2 million dollars. It wasn't like someone came and said, like, here I'll give you courtside Lakers tickets for a game, or I'll give you like here's 500 bucks. I'm spending money. Mm. You get 1.2 million dollars. I mean, who is not going to take a bribe, a one million dollar bribe, uh, to look the other way on shit or to sign some rich kid into their school? The amount of money is just so overwhelming that it just, you know, it, it must not have been very hard to find people to take that amount of money. So especially, especially coaches in obscure lesser sports. A, that's what I was going to say. I mean, if there is something we can learn from this is that these sports don't need to exist. No, we don't need do a women's water polo team nope. or a men's for that matter. Um, 
if you can get someone on the roster that they've never played the sport and like that doesn't fuck up your program at all and nobody notices and no one notices <laughs> yes. time after time like okay you're no longer a sport <laughs> i agree we don't they certainly should not have separate uh, uh, entrance admissions for athletes outside of football and baseball and basketball players perhaps yeah imagine if <laughs> if usc football signed like you know a bunch of skinny jewish kids all yeah. of a sudden everyone would know something was up yes because that's a legitimate sport even when they gave the scholarship to the blind snap long snapper they had to do a full <laughs> expose on it showing that he actually knew how to snap like he actually spent five years learning how to snap they couldn't just say like we did a charity case admission. Right. They had to show that he actually was a functional long snapper and how good he was with his aim and stuff like that. Because you, I mean, yeah, you have all those, you know, those uh, uh, athlete review analysis sites and recruitment sites that re look at all the recruits in the college classes. You couldn't, yeah. you couldn't skip by as a fake as a fake recruit in, in football or basketball. No, no, nor could you even. If, but if you finish second in state in the hundred meters, which you know would be good enough to get you into UCLA, I don't know. Uh, anything below that would that's going to show up too correct all, all this stuff is going to show up like if you lettered especially at you know these shitty you know rich schools where these kids go where they have on a lot of online stuff that they use to promote their schools that of course that would be really easy to prove or disprove i'm really i'm really i, I don't want my kids to go to college anymore <laughs> like it used to be like oh and when like the photo of her on the rowing team is on a <laughs> rowing machine yes. that would be another clue that she's not really an athlete with the photoshop face and she's got a, a caucasian face and a black body <laughs> to make any sense <laughs> Matt, I want to ask you about something uh, you wrote this week about the NBA draft. Uh, I am big into basketball now because my Warriors are on their way to a fourth or fifth title, whatever it is. I stopped counting after a while. <laughs> um, but you have this idea somehow in your mind that the small market NBA teams are being gypped by the big market, are being uh, suckered by the big market teams they can never compete with, big medium market teams. So you want to rig the NBA draft such that the smaller market teams, Sacramento, Charlotte, or Orlando, all those places, every year have a better chance of getting the players in the draft yeah yeah because the small market teams so they put in this thing about the max salary and basically it's supposed to encourage a, a team so say a small market team to keep their best player say anthony davis and so now what the players are doing which may have maybe in like past years would be seen as sort of going against your word they're simply signing the big contract that they can only sign with their current team and then demanding to be traded to a team that they want to go to, which is always going to be the Lakers, uh, Miami, or you know maybe New Jersey or whatever. But it's only going to be three or four teams, right? Um, so that's not fair to the small market teams. So I just say when you do the draft lottery, it's all ping pong balls. Um, just weight it more heavily to the small market teams and the big well, it's, teams. Well, it's weighted now towards the teams that finish towards the bottom, right? Yeah, so yeah. These, so, so, uh, so do both. Weight it in terms of the record like it is now. And they actually made it harder just now. Um, they discouraged tanking because the bottom three teams yes. have an equal chance. Interchangeable. Then uh, up, up the ladder. Which but, is important because you don't want the teams last few weeks of the season just trying to lose. Right. I like that part. But I'm just saying, so keep that system. But then in addition, um, just give the small market teams an extra couple balls. But the t here's what I don't understand. Based about on your, market, you know. 
I, I, this is some theory you have because you you come from Alaska and maybe you're a fan of like I don't know small teams in the Midwest. <laughs> is that like the best? Some of the best NBA franchises right now are not in major markets, and some of the worst major media markets, and some of the worst teams like uh, L.A. Lakers and New York Knicks, both of whom are missing the playoffs for the umpteenth year in a row, six years in a row for the Lakers. They can't even make the playoffs, which in basketball means a 500 record. Right. Uh, are obviously the biggest, most valuable uh, media media markets in the country, whereas Milwaukee's got the best record in basketball this year. Uh, the Warriors are competing in the West with Denver for tied for the best record. So I don't see that the actual... Yes, the teams are worth a lot more. It's somehow Dolan has valued the Knicks at $4 billion, despite the fact they're a fucked-up franchise. <laughs> and it's based largely on the, uh, the associated properties owned by Madison Square Garden, but also just the television contract, the worth of the television contracts. Well, the Dodgers did the same thing when they sold. They have the huge Time Warner TV contract, which made them the most valuable baseball franchise, along with the Yankees. Um, but those teams aren't doing better. I think there's, there's no indication that a smaller media market team can't get, you know, in basketball, you need two or three really good players to win. Can't get those players and sort of dominate. No, they can, but it's just less common. So with Milwaukee, they drafted Antetokounmpo like 12th or 13th or something. And he ends up being the best player in the league. So they got lucky, you know, but they wouldn't have to do much to to just be stranded in no man's land like like the Detroit Pistons. Are, they've just been mediocre forever and ever because they're going to lose a lot of free, um, free agents and no one is ever going to elect to come to Detroit. Like when LeBron was... Well, he was in Cleveland, which is a shitty, uh, just Detroit a little bit south. Right. Yeah, but he's, well, he's from there. He was drafted by them. But I mean, he could have. They were one player away from winning many titles there. And yeah, but you just have. It's like being a kid that grew up in the ghetto here in L.A. and making it to USC. You can do it. You just have to work really hard and overachieve. Whereas the Lakers and the Knicks are, uh, you know, sort of working really hard to suck. It seems like, or well, at there's least a, the, I mean, they're severely a, incompetent. There's a salary cap, right? So the contract structure is put in place for each team. So you don't get more money by playing maxing out with the Lakers than you would maxing out with the Sacramento Kings, right? Uh, no, but you'd get more if you were with your current team, right? But I'm so if you came from those teams, so I think it seems to me but like no one would ever choose to go to Detroit over Los Angeles like, because of what? Because of what? Living in Detroit versus Los Angeles. <laughs> Although, what's his name? Uh, Bryce Harper just in baseball turned down the California teams because of the ta- income tax in California. So he's getting, saving himself like $35 million by going to the Philadelphia. So there's other, I think there's other things at play there. But I don't, I don't see that in the NBA so much. I don't know. I think the NBA to me seems like a place where any – if you have a good owner, uh, no matter what market you're in, because there's so much money in the NBA and everyone can easily afford the top max payrolls, you could build a super team in any small market you want to. San Antonio has been one of the better teams for the last 15 years. Yeah, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is okay, is certainly competitive. But these are all, you know, really well run. They're all overachieving uh, organizations. Like if you look at if you looked at a map that showed income of the United States, uh, you know, that showed the various county and city yeah. income, and then the teams that usually suck. Like just in terms of the record of the teams from wealthy areas versus poor areas, um, you would see a correlation in wins versus losses too. Like Detroit, uh, you know, Milwaukee is good this year, but they've been mostly shitty for yeah decades. 
Um, well, it used to be LA New and New York. Domi- LA and New York used to have dominant teams, and and Boston and and a couple other you know major market franchises used to. But I'm not sure if that's just the case anymore. I don't think that this feels like something you should have instituted 20 years ago, Matt. As opposed to now, I'm not sure this is solving. This could have solved the problem of like the Showtime Lakers or the the Kobe and Kobe and Shaq Lakers. I'm just thinking of so Anthony Davis signed this huge contract with the Pelicans, and now he's going to leave that team yes. who's paying him, and he basically didn't play the last half of the season after he said, "I don't want to play for you guys." Um, so he's going to leave, and they're just going to suck now forever. Yeah, probably. And that's I, not right. Although they haven't done all that well with him on the team. I mean, they haven't got past the first round of the playoffs. So I can yeah. see why. If he wants to go He wants to go win. I mean, he wants to win a title. I get that. That's why Durant left Oklahoma City and went to the Warriors, because he could get titles there, and he wasn't going to get them in, in Oklahoma City. Although Oklahoma City, to their discredit, traded away Harden and some other guys. <laughs> if they had kept the original players with Durant, right. they would have probably won three or four titles in a row. But that's my point, though, is so Davis signs with LeBron's agency. Yes. Oh, he, how come he wants to go to L.A., though? If it's all about winning, would you want to go to L.A.? Would, would you demand going to uh, Boston or Philadelphia? I'm just thinking off the top of my head. But no, it's because he wants to live in L.A. Like, yeah, yes. the basketball part has something to do with it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, no one's ever pulled that move and been like, send me to Boston. No, well, LeBron's got like three TV shows on television right now. Right. They all seem to involve people chasing each other. I don't really understand any of it. There's, there's always like, it all involves like blacktop uh, recess games that are now <laughs> like some large-scale Universal Studios. Uh, uh, but you're right. They want to be in L.A. because they all want to make movies or TV or they want to be in New York because that's where all the hot chicks are and that's where they you know can live really nicely. Uh, I don't blame them for that. But again, those teams aren't doing very well. So I think you're... I think your solution is solving a problem that doesn't necessarily exist right now, uh, and it will just piss off. What happens when the NBA as a whole makes money as a whole from their contracts, uh, when they uh, have the best players in smaller media markets, they make less money. Right. So when they have LeBron in L.A., they make a lot of – even though the Lakers didn't do well, I'm sure they would wish they would have made the playoffs. They make, a lot more mo- they make a lot more money having LeBron in L.A. than they do in Cleveland. The NBA does. So there is, an, there is a – reason why they want their bigger players in the bigger markets yeah so you're you're, you're i just don't think it's good for parity i'm see i'm assuming that they just want every franchise to thrive to some degree i don't want parity and the warriors are dominating <laughs> waited 40 waited 40 years of sucky teams and now they've won now they're the most dominant franchise and they're about to lose some of their a lot of their players this is like their last year or so so don't take that away from me matt <laughs> Matt, I want to end on another. This is a day of your heroes. Uh, Michael Avenatti. Here's what I understand about Avenatti. He got arrested in, in some very, very, even more serious charges than I think most people would have imagined. Um, he got indi- federally indicted in two separate states, which was not a good sign for him. Uh, one was in New York for extorting Nike, basically threatening to shake down Nike unless they gave him a $20 million contract. Um, he was going to expose all the dirt he knew about how they illegally play, pay college players. Like, what? Like, I think we, that's every <laughs> a, a Sports Illustrated expose in the last 20 years. I think, what? You're going to refer, uh, if, you don't, if you don't give me $20, I'm going to give people the URL link to the last, like, ESPN expose <laughs> on Rick Pitino. I mean, like, what was he, what was he, like, what was he really revealing there? I guess he had some hard evidence, but, like, what's, he, like, oh, we're going to show that Nike pays agents who pay players in college money. So are you not allowed to kind of blackmail companies like that? Uh, no, you're not allowed blackmail to. Blackmail is kind of the wrong word, though. 
<laughs> well, it's, it, it give me a big fat contract to be your whatever rep, or I'm going to uh, turn this information over to the police. That's illegal? Yes. It's extortion. I thought that's how you just negotiate. Well, uh, you do, unless the other party tapes you doing it, and then they turn it over to the, to the feds. And they're also Nike, who has a little bit of influence uh, uh, in New York <laughs> and other places. So, I mean, I assume that's how most business gets done in New York, but if Nike decides that you're fucking with them too much, they just turn the tapes over and go to the, the friend who they give season tickets Plus, they're to. probably already annoyed at your face based on the yes. constant TV appearances. So it's yes. like, this fucking guy? You know what? No, let's just... Uh, and, and by the way, along with Garagos, Mark Garagos, at the same time, doing the same, extor- doing the same extortion. Is that the same thing that yes. Garagos is being... Yes. He's being indicted on co-conspiracy for the Nike thing as well. And then in L.A., Avenatti was just ripping off his clients. He was taking their settlement money and, and basically giving it to himself and funneling it through his different shell corporations and basically telling people their money wasn't coming for a year and settlements and spending the money on his... He had, of course, all the, thi- the things you'd expect, like a racing team, multiple mansions. Really? Yeah, like uh, uh, we own the coffee, the Tully's coffee, the Tully's coffee franchises that he was completely ripping off of any cash they earned and to put into his other, other businesses. And he just had like $150,000 like, uh, debt at Burke's Brothers clothing. <laughs> so he's going to go to jail. He's, de- he's definitely... I mean, he claims he's innocent. But here's what I don't really understand. Like, I... This is like with Smollett. I picked up on Avenatti, I'd say, within, I don't know, 30 seconds mm-hmm. that he was a... First of all, how do we know him? What do we know about him? He's representing a, a porn star, and he's suing the president because the porn star wants to be able to tell people that she fucked the president so she can get a book deal. <laughs> like, that's what we know. That's his foundation story, right? That's what we know about him. Like, nothing else. And, and, and then he looks like a hyper-aggressive bald dude. <laughs> <laughs> he represents uh, porn stars, Okay. So what do you think about him right away? You're at least, in the very least, you got to be very suspicious of an attorney who has chosen to uh, build their expertise in the area of porn star representation. Yeah, and 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 on top of that, being an ambulance chaser who's taking a fee for the you know for the for the lawsuit. Like, how many lawyers did she contact before she s- settled on him? Or she just talked to her porn star friends and they gave him her. You know, he's like a guy who's got the card on the wall at the at the porn house, right? Right. So how did he go from that to like? Being a guy, I saw the montages online of, like last summer where multiple people were saying, like, this guy should run for president. This is guy, if you're looking at who's hot in the Democratic Party right now, this is the guy we want, this is the guy we want the <laughs> ticket without even thinking for a moment that this guy must be up to some, you know, it's like having Lucky Luciano, some like mobster that you know is involved in a crime syndicate saying he should be the mayor. And not expecting that all these stories about all his grift and crime is going to come out. I don't understand how people could be that stupid. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, it, maybe it was, was. Did women find him attractive? What was the thing? Well, I think his thing was, again, I mean, this, this whole thing with Trump is now there's Trump, who's an idiot. And there's all these people who've made their bones by being crazy, crazy, you know, getting, if, if they can bait Trump into, you know, going back for them. They become a hero, like instantly become a hero. Right. That's why Stormy Daniels was considered like seriously as like literally had people defending her reputation <laughs> online. And Avenatti talking about how he's like a spokesperson for justice was because Trump called him an asshole and he called Trump an asshole and said, I'm going to take you down. And there was a time when people were saying he was going to be the guy who took Trump down. Right. With the Stormy Daniels sex payment, which so I. So he kind of piggybacked on her kind of weird feminist cause. And then even though he was just her lawyer, all of a sudden he became. 
like a spokesperson yeah. almost. Yeah. And was, then he like beat his wife like a week later. <laughs> I don't know. Like it was just the whole Tolly's Coffee thing was out there. I didn't have Tolly's Coffee up in Alaska. I don't know. But it was like in San Francisco, other places. It was like a lesser version of Pete's. But he, he got it somehow. Like I literally think he won in a poker game <laughs> or something. But he was like, they kept closing. They were like the balance sheets or whatever matching up and stuff like that. And he was clearly like pulling money out of that business for other businesses. Um, he was just, I mean, he had, he had like, Sleeves ball written all over him, and it's just like we live in a culture now where people like guess it's for partisan political reasons on both sides. We'll just accept the fact that these blatantly, obviously horrible people deserve like public recognition or praise, or like should run for president. Should run for president. I mean, just the fact that Trump in the first place should run for president and became president. We live in this very horrible time, I think, when like. Our idols are just these absolutely empty morons that, like, if you did, like you said with the college kids, if you did one Google search, you would know these are really, really bad people. And, like, people either don't, are too lazy to fucking do that, even press people, or they just don't want to believe it because they're so amped up by this, what this person represents. Yeah. Yeah, exactly what they represent. And it's such a shitty... Uh, celebrity culture that yeah. it's, it's like someone's either got to be the, the Lord's savior or like a total racist, homophobic piece of shit, right? <laughs> like, it's really like this person's either great or terrible. It's, there's no more like, yeah, that guy's pretty good. He's got some good ideas. Uh, you know, wouldn't trust him around your kids, that type of thing. <laughs> or just a smart, he's just a smart guy or he has good insight or like even poor Neil deGrasse, <laughs> they, they took out with a sexual harassment charge. Like you finally get like a one decent guy who's like smart and like says shit like plainly, and they take him out. <laughs> he gets right. taken out of the sex harassment charges. Like literally, if you look at like the hundred most recognizable or famous people in this country, they're all basically shady idiots. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> really like there's no one people look up to that actually deserves being looked up to anymore. Uh, it's really kind of really really kind of sad, and it's getting worse and worse and worse as the, like the idiots are getting bigger followings on social media. That's yeah. And it's almost part of the Cardi B thing of like, uh, just get ahead no matter what. It's like, hey, I did what I had to do, you know. Like, I wanted a new piece of jewelry, so yeah, I just you know drugged and uh, stole from people. Yeah, it's like, and uh, and people consider it very real and like it's woke and like you know that's some like amazing back some amazing backstory. Yeah, it's like the rich. It always reminds me of like the 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 six degrees of separation or like the. The rich white people getting around and finding like the indigent black person and being just enamored of everything the person does, <laughs> because it's such a like they're so prof they feel so profoundly liberal that they want to believe that like an indigent person can is so vir filled with virtue, <laughs> whereas everyone else knows that people on the streets are just not that virgin, just not that virtuous. Yeah, strippers, hookers, drug dealers, pimps, just not the not the height of like moral insights or some sort of life on the street, common sense knowledge you want to pass on to anybody else in this generation. No, just people that like uh, will punch you in the face yes. and not feel bad about it. Or drug your drink and take your, take your watch and steal your money and then become a rapper of some... <laughs> I, I Honestly, I don't understand that music. I mean, I appreciate good rap. I do not understand that music at all other than the fact that like it's a per completely personality-driven music where like, if anybody else put that same music out, nobody would give a shit about it. <laughs> The end of our show for this week. You have something you wish to pimp and promote? Uh, not really. Instagram, the Matt Ralston. 
Twitter, Matthew Ralston. Have you heard back from Rain Dove on your ac- various uh, accusations of her uh, indecent proposals? Yeah, I talked to her on Instagram chat. She was um, spinning a bunch of false yarns, doing damage control, recon, just throwing out a lot of misinformation and uh, claiming she's not a liar, even though it's really obvious that she is and everyone knows it. And she took down her Facebook page. Are you gonna? Do you think you're gonna damage her pop-up uh, exhibitionist art uh, shows around town? Could be damaging her, her livelihood, her livelihood of of uh, weird, weird unknown named school sponsored art exhibit art exhibits featuring Rain Dove. I mean, I'd be happy to do that. Sure. College of West Los Angeles gender studies art art, art pop up shows uh, featuring uh, clothing in which he suffered as a as a uh, woman dressed like a man. Well, I, I, I wish you the best of luck with her. I liked when you were taking on the fat chicken, Minnesota. That was my favorite. Uh, the lady who ate all the fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really, you really picked some uh, taking taking down the top. You're really like a David versus Goliath type person, right? You've really sought out the, like the, the, the speaking truth to power. Find the really powerful people in our society. Yeah, find some annoying liar model. Yeah, you're like you actually break into the back of like a sideshow at a circus, like <laughs> just berating like the woman with the beard and like the midget and stuff <laughs> like that. Horrible things. All right, this is Lex. Last murder. Talk to you next week. There's a rough and tug in our neighborhood They promise you'll feeling good you got a problem, need some tending They guarantee a happy ending At the rough and tug in our neighborhood All the boys leave feeling good All the boys leave feeling good Give them some money, they'll relax you a little bit more. They give you some extras that they rub and tug in our neighborhood. All the boys leave feeling good. All the boys leave feeling good.